What? It's so <laughs> funny. That's uh, so funny. Uh, a silent moment and watching you stare at the computer waiting for something little, to happen. I was looking in the middle distance for a moment. I'm very tired. Yeah. Hi. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. You, you wonder why you I'm tired? You don't have reasons to be tired. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because even when my friends and colleagues move heaven and earth to give me some time off, my body's like, no, fuck you. You don't get to sleep. Sleep is for people who've earned it. And apparently I haven't earned it yet. Right. I so this will be a weird timeline thing when we're hearing it. But as of where David is right now, I did my first show with Drunk Shakespeare last night and uh, my business partner, James, he was like, Yo, I'm gonna get somebody to cover your class. Um, like, don't even worry about it. Like, take the morning off, cancel that thing we were gonna do in the afternoon, um, get some sleep. And I was like, at first I fought it a little bit, obviously, because mm-hmm. I it suck. But then I was like, all right, all right. So I went to bed as soon as I got home, mm-hmm. and then my lovely fiance came home from her work oh, at around God. midnight. It so was, that woke it was me up. A little after midnight, I think. And then I woke up at six in the morning with a, like, I couldn't, br- I'm like, nose was all stuffy and I couldn't breathe and my eyes were all watery. And I've been sick this whole week. Like, I'm no. breathing out of one nostril right now. And I thought that, oh my God, he got what I had this yeah. whole week. And I didn't. I'm fine and I'm impervious to all diseases known to man. I'm just exhausted. Except that you've been sick like three times. In I'm months. not sick. I'm exhausted. There's a difference. Which both means that you need to sleep. Well, I know. And so I like was up at six in the morning. I was like, well, just never mind me. Also, I'm going to turn you up a little bit. I mean, I can talk loud. Also, you should talk loud. Also, definitely turn it up so we can pick up the giant baby. That's There's a big upstairs. baby upstairs. That's the person who needs to sleep. Yes. Like right now. It, it <laughs> is nine o'clock when we are recording right now. That baby should be in bed. Yeah. Have I told you the baby story? Have I told the baby story on the podcast? What's the baby story? When when we discovered the baby. Oh, no. I don't think we have. <laughs> because. How we discovered that that we'll is get fact to, the baby. We'll get to introducing everyone in a moment, but this is important. We, <laughs> like, they, we try to be considerate neighbors, and we try to be also understanding of other people. But one day, there was just so much rolling around. And yeah, I guess it like, wasn't just the one day. Like if, if you heard somebody upstairs who was rolling around on a computer chair, like it an was office like, chair yeah, on we, hardwood floor. Weird. And we yeah. couldn't decide if they, were ro- if they were moving furniture or if it was like kids playing a game or if it was yeah. a workout or like who knew what was rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And so eventually I was just like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I went upstairs and Megan was like, wait, don't. And I was like, no, I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> And I knocked on the door and I was like, and they, they came. He got himself all ready. I was like, oh, I was ready. Ooh, it was ready. And I, I don't know what I was going to, I wasn't going to be like, ah, I was just going to be like, excuse me, I'm an adult. And so uh, <laughs> these people opened the door and first of all, they were adults and they were much shorter than me. And that immediately put me off my guard because I was like, oh, <laughs> now I'm a tall white man at the door. And they, and they were like, Hello, and I was like, "Hi, um, sorry, I live downstairs, and it's really loud. Like, what, what's going on up here?" And they opened it a little bit. Maybe I did see the baby a little bit because they were like, "Yeah, oh, the baby, <laughs> sorry, the baby rolled around." And the baby was in one of those like carrier things that they can stand upright and they can walk around and be supported. Uh, and so they were just yeah. rolling around the apartment. 
Yeah. Like a baby do. But now. But it's been several months. The baby's a toddler. That baby. So now the baby's running unimpeded of the carriage. Yeah. And it is a percussive nightmare. So I don't know if you can hear it, but you can definitely hear it in my voice and my overall demeanor. (laughs) So there is an adorable, I'm sure, elephant baby upstairs. Every once in a while it falls and it gives me a good... uh, little dose of schadenfreude in that <laughs> 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 the baby fell down oh no <laughs> of course you would so that baby's pretty successful and you know what else yeah. is successful the title of this podcast dress for the podcast you want i'm david andrew laws and i'm running on about two hours of sleep every day for the rest of my life my wonderful co-host is megan greener hello and like i said before i'm breathing out of m- Probably one nostril, Megan, maybe a little bit of the other one, but not much. Megan went to acupuncture today. Sure did. And you got, they put, where did they pin you? Uh, they got me in several places on the stomach, some on my legs, one on mm-hmm. my right arm, and then one one or two on my forehead. And actually one of them. It left a little bump. Yeah. Um, when she took it out, she was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. So it's bleeding a little bit. She's like, but that's okay. That's fine. That just means the chi is breaking through. She's like, so it may later on turn a little blue. She's like, but that's fine. I, it's, it, there's the nothing chi, wrong. Were you like, that's not chi, that's my blood. I need that. I need that. I need that to live. And she's like, usually if if the chi is, is working the very cheese. hard. Chi. <laughs> she was Be leaking. a worldly person for a second. She was leaking cheese. <laughs> but uh, she was like, you know, if it if if it's bleeding through and it even like turns a little bit of a color, it's it was probably like really fighting to get through. She's like, and, and if it's happening in the center of your heart forehead, that probably means you know you're probably a little stressed. You're you're, <laughs> you're a little stressed. There's a little bit of pressure going on in there. And you were like, I'm like me, no, <laughs> never, no. And our guest today is Anne Whitaker. Hi, hi, Anne. Hi. I am making backwards progress in therapy, I think, because I've known Ann Whitaker for months, going on a year. Yeah, I would say longer than months. And I still had such anxiety just then looking in Ann's eyes and saying her name out loud because I was so scared I was going to say the wrong name <laughs> or mispronounce it. And you'd be like, that, it, it, my, it is Ann Whitaker. I can't believe you've not known that. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone calls me Annie because I have an E at the end of my name. Mm. But there's no I. They do. The students call you Annie. Yeah, or Anna, actually. is most popular with my students. What Interesting. The Anna. Heck? They just think it's Anna. Well, how do you feel about that? I don't mind Anna so much. But like Annie, Annie, I don't like. Why not? Yeah. It's diminutive. It's just, yeah, it's diminutive, and I get that a lot. You I don't want to be called Maggie. Annie. Yeah. Maggie? Sweetheart. Maggie, yeah. Who calls you Maggie? Um, It happened more often when I was a kid. Like, people would do that, and it was like a term of endearment. That's not endearment. Yeah. That's a term of yeah. condescension. Maggie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happened rarely, but it would it would pop up every once in a while, and I was not a fan. Still yeah. not a fan. Yeah. So. I think also I was named after Anne with an E, so Anne of Green Gables. Okay. And she hated being called Annie. And I read that book very young. And mm-hmm. so I was like, no one can and call me And you are Annie. Anne of Green Gables. And so you also hate it. Exactly. What quick synopsis, because I want to make a joke about you being Anne of Green Gables. Never read it. Don't know what it's about. What's Anne of Green Gables about? <laughs> uh, it's about a very talkative young girl with a big imagination who is very silly and That's very bookish. What? And very what? Like bookish oh. and silly and very... Has all of these sensations. She wants to be called Cordelia and live in this 
kind of fairy world, but that's not reality. So, so like it's usually just her. Matilda? No. Because I always thought it was like, I always thought it was something closer to like a Jane Austen novel. It's, yeah. It's, it sounds closer to it's, Jane Austen. Yeah. It's, it's just her as a little girl wanting to make up all these fanciful stories. She wants to be a writer and she mm-hmm. writes about things that are very fanciful and silly and not real. So and then by the time she becomes an actual writer, she really just writes a bunch of vignettes of her childhood hmm. and uh, things that are true to her, um, which is kind of sweet because she was always so ridiculous about what she wrote. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and Anne of Whitaker Gables, <laughs> are you a successful person? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a successful person, but I would <laughs> say that I experience success. Oh, uh. Or that I feel like I'm experiencing success. What's the difference? I guess, I don't know. Maybe this has been listening to your podcast. But also for me, success. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we have to take a minute for David to applaud got himself. Got a fan. <laughs> Everyone applaud David. We've also it. got a Patreon donor. and I can't wait to thank her. Fuck it. I'm going to thank her now. Thanks to our first podcast. Wait, Patreon donor. Laura St. Pierre. Yeah. That, this one goes out to her. We have a Patreon now. Patreon.com slash dress for the podcast. And you can donate. Uh, there are three tiers right now. There's $1. Get you a shout out on the podcast every fucking week. There's, <laughs> I made them all silly numbers. There's, you can donate $4.20. <laughs> like four twenty. <laughs> and, and I are shaking our heads at the same well, time. That's what Laura <laughs> did. She's cool. She's one of the cool kids. She donated four twenty, <laughs> And that gets you uh, like weekly bonus content from the episode. And then the, uh, the third tier is if you donate $6.90. I knew that's what was coming. Like <laughs> I think every joke David ever makes, there's it's always a follow-up 69 joke. Well, good. I mean, that, that's... Um, <laughs> and it's always like, get it. Get yeah. It, get it. it. No, David, we don't get <laughs> nice. it. Can you explain it? Well, <laughs> in the year 690 AD. Um, no. Uh, that gets you some other shit, too. I don't even fucking know. But it's uh, do it, please, because... Um, this podcast has been great and a lot of fun, uh, and it's getting bigger. And because it's getting bigger, it's getting needier, like a big upstairs baby. <laughs> it's got needs, <laughs> and it's gonna be vocal. It's gonna need them. its little rolly thing soon. What's gonna <laughs> happen? The baby's just gonna keep getting bigger. This problem's not gonna go away. We have to move. Yep. I All thought right. you were moving. Maybe we will. <laughs> maybe maybe we will. If we want a dog, we will have to move. And then the, our dog will be someone else's problem unless we, unless we live on the first floor. Anyway, and <laughs> talk more about success. Um, yeah, I guess for me, uh, I felt very unsuccessful in New York. And then I realized it's because I've been thinking of success as a moment or a place. But the problem is, is that you have goals mm-hmm. and you try to pursue them, but you feel successful while you're pursuing them and not once you get them because then you set a new goal. Huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think for me, I always feel best and feel successful when I'm pursuing those goals. And I feel the least successful when I don't know how to start pursuing those goals. Interesting. So you, when you feel yourself in the journey of it, you're really you're feeling the I success. I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, are you able to, I find that I'm not, you feel that while you're in the journey, you're able to sort of, self be be self-aware enough to go like oh i'm doing it i'm in the journey i feel like that's something new for me cool i feel like 
How long have you been in New York? Two years. Two Almost years? Exactly. Happy congratulations. Thanks. How are you different now than you were when you moved to New York? That's a big... For better, for worse? What's the biggest difference? That's a big, big question. What was the biggest one? Um... I think when I moved to New York, I thought I knew who I was, <gasps> and then I realized I didn't. Whoa. And so now I'm having to undo a lot of things, and that's exciting, but also to been undo terrifying. undo a lot of things. Just like a lot of like, like thinking things? Thinking or things. Or like practical things. I think mostly thinking things. Yeah. I think because of how I grew up, I was very good at being exactly who my parents wanted me to be, huh. and so mm -hmm. that's who I thought I was. I don't know if that's like a middle child syndrome thing. I was just very good at mm. meeting expectations. Mm -hmm. and you're, and you're the middle child of three? Yes. Okay. Um, and exceeding those expectations. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I knew who I was. And I think some of those things had started to kind of slip through college. But you still go home and see your family very often. I haven't been home in over a year you now. You do. Wow. And where are you originally from? Oh, when California. You're in, California. When you're in college, you went home a lot. Yeah, because I was saying. in San Diego. Right. And so I didn't go home a lot, a lot, but it was very accessible. Um, and I feel like I'm very close to my family. Sure. Uh, and I talk to my mom a lot. Who are your parents like most? Are you <laughs> and your siblings? <laughs> my siblings definitely think they like me the best. Um, but <laughs> what I do realized. You think? Um, I think they like the idea of who they think I am Whoa. a lot. And that's the problem is I thought I was that person too, but that is also denying a lot of things about myself. Hmm. And I think it makes me very focused on other people and what other people think and pleasing other people. Hmm. And that's just a rat race. You can never win. Yeah, for sure. And so I can't be that person that my parents want me to be, especially because I'm not around them all the time anymore. Sure. You know, I lived in like a very small little bubble. And so it was very easy to meet all those expectations all the time. And if I had desires or wants or needs and those weren't acceptable, is he to say, oh, yeah, I don't actually want that. Wow. And are they are they picking up at some of this? Are they having reactions to certain things for as long as you've been uh. here? I mean, that's kind of the great thing about being 3,000 miles away. <laughs> a lot of it I haven't shared with my parents. Because also, I think the way the dynamic is, it's very hard to share that with my parents, particularly my mom. Because she, I think, saw it as her goal or her mission to raise children in a certain way. Yeah. Mm. And if she hasn't passed on certain beliefs and values, then she's failed as wow. a mother. I see. And... I think she's also unknowingly very depressed. She also has chronic illness. Okay. So, you know, it's very hard to not have some sort of issue with depression when you're in constant pain. Sure. And so, yeah, so for her, I think the reason I've learned to decide what to share and what not to share, because as a kid, my mom was always like, you have to share everything. If, you're if you don't live your life like an open book, you're lying. Mm. Like mm. everyone has to know everything. Which led to a lot of friendships where I overshared and was manipulated and hurt. And I still have friends that I should probably not be friends with. Interesting. Um, mm. But it's just, yeah, it's this like endless cycle of trying to be totally open. But there's things that are not accept acceptable. So that was actually a lie. And I wasn't actually open about a lot of things with myself mm -hmm. or with other people. I don't know. That might Sometimes sound really confusing. you take a step into the serious corner. 
Sometimes a serious corner just fucking sneaks up on you. <laughs> yeah, I but feel that's like okay. that's New York. What? That was New York for me. It was just, oh, now I can't ignore all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's um, no context for myself except for whatever I decide that is. Yeah, and distance can give clarity on a lot of things, yeah. especially if, if it's, you know, if you're going on two years now, you, you could probably pick up on a good sense of clarity on things. I remember when I was a kid, um, I asked my mom, uh, is it a lie if you say something that turns out to be wrong that you didn't know uh, was wrong, right? So if I had been like, uh, if she'd been like, where was Megan yesterday? And I'd been like, Megan was at the store, but Megan was actually like doing something bad or wrong. I would be afraid that like I would be lying because I wasn't telling the truth because I didn't know the truth. And that was a big, heavy sort of like, even though she was very reassuring that no, that was she didn't think that was lying. I was just sort of just like, oh, fuck, but what if I accidentally lie? <laughs> um, have But uh, uh, Alan, cut this part out. I'm going to think for a sec. <laughs> Alan's editing now. Hi, Alan. <laughs> this is all good, though, right? Like, all of this introspection, all of this growth is good, question mark? Yes. Yeah, I think, especially in the last month, I think I feel a certain sense of agency that Mm. I've never felt before. And I think that's what's making me feel like I'm having success. And it's success on a very small level. It's like very simple things that before I would have probably beat myself up for. Like you can't feel good about this because this is just something you should have already been doing. And now it's like, oh, I'm accomplishing this small thing for myself and I'm breaking habits and I'm create like, getting to a better version of myself in a more real way than I've ever been able to. That's great. And I'm not judging myself for just the baby steps I have to take. Yeah. Is, is this um, alluding to anything specific that you're doing? or? Um, yeah, mostly right now. Uh, I went and to a psychiatrist a month ago now, mm-hmm. and I got diagnosed with an eating disorder, okay. which really, I think, kicked up when I moved to New York. So like the February after I moved to New York through the fall of this last year, so a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excessively working out. I was not eating a lot, and I totally had no clue that it was a problem, other than my roommate, Jenny, would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and we would have arguments about it because I legitimately thought there was nothing wrong with how much I was eating, mm. except that I would eat like a very small Tupperware of vegetables for lunch, and I would drink coffee and have a pastry and maybe another snack, maybe. That's not a lot. No, it's not. And I exercise and I walk around a lot. Yeah. And, and you teach, you know, and that that's a lot of energy in itself. Yeah. 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 And I think I just, I just had no idea. Uh And knowing now gives me this sense of clarity because uh, last fall I experienced a ton of health issues Mm -hmm. that no one could figure out. They did MRIs on my back because I was having muscle spasms. And basically now kind of the theory is that that was caused by lack of nutrition. And basically when you don't have enough magnesium, your muscles just start deteriorating. Magnesium? Yeah. What's got magnesium in it? (laughs) (laughs) What foods? Uh, That's a good question. I think bananas, right? That's potassium. Is it also magnesium? But I think it has magnesium too. Mm. All right. I believe you. I don't need to Google this. Magnesium. <laughs> He's definitely not Googling foods. anything right You know what now. I know is, oh my God, so much. Whoa. Tofu, dark chocolate, almonds, spinach, Oh, maybe avocados. that's why I like dark chocolate. 
bananas, peanut butters, edamame. Ooh, now I want some edamame. Is it too late to order sushi? Never too late to order sushi. Sushi, (laughs) come. Nah, that didn't work. All right. Um, (laughs) So, so what are you? Hey, what are you doing about it? Um. Well. uh, Are you eating more? Yeah. So I, I initially got myself a Fitbit because I realized. Where's your Fitbit? I don't have it on today. Well, and that's like another thing is I got the Fitbit and so then I was counting my calories. And so at first it's like, okay, 2000 calorie diet. It's like what most people eat. And I could hardly get to 1600 or 1800 in a day. And that was like physically and mentally difficult. Hmm. Um, Especially at first it was mostly physically. I just couldn't eat that much. Sure. Because your tummy hurts. Yeah. My stomach was so small. That's a big jump. Yeah. And so then it was just this game of also I would, you know, spend my mornings really busy and then I would look at my Fitbit and be, I have to eat 900 calories now for dinner. Yeah. And that's so much for I one know meal. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of artists who live that way. We were just talking to some people about it frequently, like or recently rather, but like so frequently the pattern is quick, like coffee and something for breakfast. Yep. Nothing, nothing, nothing as big a dinner as possible. Yeah. Um, which is bad. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean, you you saw me two, three weeks ago when I had the latest of my... I was having digestive issues and mm-hmm. stomach pains and stuff like that. And um, and it, because I had for a long time fallen into the habit of, like, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I want is coffee. Yeah. So I make coffee, and then that in itself puts off... Accident, unintentionally, I don't mean it for it to happen, but it puts off my appetite for yeah. until at least late morning, if not lunchtime. And then it's I like, never ate breakfast until yeah. a couple of weeks month how long is it? a couple months several months ago i've been working when you at passed it. Out on the train. Yeah. i've been trying <laughs> yep oh no i used to pass out on the train all the time because i wouldn't eat breakfast and i'd get on a crowded a train and oh. i get all claustrophobic and i i just fucking pass out and it's bad and and it happened like too many times right it's i'm excited for you that you went to someone and they were like, here's a thing. And you were like, I'm going to do that thing. Cause I definitely like passed it on the train three or four times before I was like, I should do something about this. Like, actually, <laughs> well, I remember you calling me when it happened, but did you actually pass out more than that? When we lived in Brooklyn, uh, there were three times within the span of a couple of months that I passed out. And then there was one time, um, within when we were living here yeah. that I was going down to Trinity. Uh, and that was the one where you called me. Maybe. I, I think I told you every time, but but it's it's also something that's happened since like probably before I knew you. Did I did were we did I know you when I was walking dogs? Yeah, ish. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because I the, I think you'd been doing. I it think for that was the first time that it happened. As I was I was on my way to a dog walk and I was on the subway and I was leaning I was leaning on the doors, uh, and I passed out and the doors opened and I like oh. fell out. <gasps> God. Um, and every time I almost I almost didn't, like that it's happened. Didn't know that story. Because everyone's always so kind when it happens. One time it happened. One time I I I um <laughs> what? I didn't I'm know okay. that story. I um one time I was like I knew it was gonna happen. I think this was the Trinity time. This was the most recent time. I like knew it was gonna happen. I knew what it felt like, all the telltale signs. And so I was like, excuse me, I can I can I sit down? I think I'm gonna pass out. And the lady let me sit down. And I sat down, I still fucking passed out like yeah. a big duber and I like I like wow, like like slumped over. Um and everyone was really kind and a lady like got off the train and was like, I live near here, I can stay with you. 
uh, like I was like, I gotta get to this class. I have to like, I have to teach this class. It's just me. Um, and she was like, I'll stay with you for the next train and I'll walk you to where you're going and then I'll walk home. And I was like, that's so very, very kind mm. of you. Um, so if anything, like all the times that that's happened have been very, uh, like th- good in that way that people have always been like, yay, and not been like, get the fuck off the train, you dickhead. Um, which is what I would expect from New York. Um, cause that's how I always feel. I'm always like, they're always like, we're holding the train cause a dude passed out. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just fucking go. I'm fine. Go, go, go. Get the train out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> no. I don't. You I don't. eat breakfast now? Well, if I don't eat breakfast, I think the big thing was I would, I would wake up really dehydrated. Mm-hmm. If I don't eat breakfast, eat breakfast. If I go eat breakfast, I at least drink a lot of water. And I'm working on being really hydrated right now. Um, I got a big old glass bottle that I carry with a big carafe that I carry around. And I got to pee all the time. And I just, you can't win. Thing. You can't win. When I'm, when I'm drinking as much as the internet says I should drink, I got to pee every like 45 minutes. Oh, totally. And, and then imagine like, eating twice as much as you've been eating no yes. way. why do i have to go to the bathroom all the time no yeah way. it's insane it's huh? insane like, what do you do, do what, what are your big what are your big um like uh like big calorie foods um well i noticed that i guess i just don't like foods that i consider boring or like i don't like that i have to eat mm-hmm. so it's like if i'm eating something just because i have to eat then it's boring but if i'm eating with people or if it's some sort of food that I consider, I guess, more of a cultural experience, like Indian food, I'll just eat like two, three servings. No problem. Mm. Like I will eat so much Indian food because it's spicy. I love it. It's great. Um, Thai food, you know, it's just like anything that's interesting to my palate that's spicy or really flavorful in some way, mm-hmm. I find a lot easier to eat more of. Sure. And it's just, I think, because I, I like experiences. Mm-hmm. So if food is an experience, then Very it's Very millennial of you. <laughs> you know that, right? Um, I guess. And uh, but I, actually, Ayurvedically, uh-huh. um, to make eating food an experience or an event in itself is actually a big challenge for people today because usually like you're eating on the go. Totally. Or you're, you're watching something, you're watching TV, mm-hmm. you're on your computer, you're on your phone. Um, but the, the thing that you know, like, I guess more Eastern doctors or anybody like that will be like, eat warm foods and don't put your attention on anything else. Just put it on the food as you're eating it, which is admittedly, even for me, very, I'm very sorry difficult. we stopped doing that. I know it's because of me because I'm Mr. Food is fuel, right? Like, I, and not even in a good way, right? Like people say like food is fuel. So you got to eat the good stuff to fuel your body the right way. I'm literally just like, I need calories so I don't die. Put, put it in me. (laughs) Right. When I was trying to muscle up and I was, um, trying to do, I was trying to do a 5,000 calorie diet and I just ended up like eating garbage. Um, not literal garbage, (laughs) Uh, like McDonald's, which is literal garbage brought to you by McDonald's. Um, (laughs) but I'm sorry. We, we tried, uh, eating, dinner not watching anything um, I'm, I'm better at it when i'm by myself i understand and i that's why i'm apologizing is because i know it's my fault and <laughs> it's not that i it's 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 not that i don't find you engaging <laughs> i'm but i'm haunted by the fact that there's so much media i love watching while i eat you know me i'm a freak i like in 
when I'm alone, right, when Megan's alone and eats dinner, she sits and eats dinner and makes it, and it's an experience, and it's nice. When I'm alone and I eat, I will sit in front of the TV with, like, I'll be playing a video game on the TV while watching something on my phone, while eating, yep. while, like, texting someone. I just, I want to be stimulated. I, I feel like that Ted. fits your MO in general. It though. really, really yes. is. Megan is rolling her eyes <laughs> like it's not, her job. Not rolling my eyes like, oh, what a goober. It's like everything he's saying is absolutely correct. <laughs> and I just cannot imagine what it's doing to your insides. <laughs> what do you mean? My insides are great. It's my outsides that are the problem. Womp, womp. Um, <laughs> I just uh, stop making movies for like f- 10 years. Please. Are you telling me? I'm telling the universe. Oh. Because everyone listens to this podcast. Mr. Spielberg, Steve, um, Mr. Lee, Spike, Mr. Anderson, Wes, and all the female filmmakers that I can't think of their names right now. Just stop making movies for a little bit, please. You name one. Name a female filmmaker. (laughs) Uh, The lady who did a Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, not the same person, but Greta Gerwig is the first one I thought yes. of. Mm-hmm. Greta, oh, that's not the Hurt Locker. Yeah. No, Who's Greta same. Gerwig? She directed Lady Bird. I haven't seen Lady Bird. It's very good. Is it very good? It's she's, very good. She's also an indie queen. I you know, know what? She likes that title. But does, she like, does she like that title? I have no idea if she likes it, but it, it suits. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen it because there's too many movies and I can't make it through it all. There's too much media. There's movies and TV and podcasts. Fuck it. Podcast canceled. I'm crossing my arms. <laughs> We're done with it. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. You know what? I'm going to continue to be a part of the problem. But I'm going to be a part of the problem and the solution. And direct your problem at Anne. Right. <laughs> By directing my problem at Anne. Anne. <laughs> Perfect. What's what? your favorite movie? That's a really hard question. No, it's not. Not for me. What's your favorite movie? I don't know. Probably Dead Poet Society. Oh, yes. You've said that to me. But before. I've also got like a list. Um, Dead I Poet have a Society. List. It's just not ranking. All right, what's it's on your whatever list? Whatever I'd be in the mood for the most. I want to see if I've seen any of Anne's cultural touchstones, um, which I've is maybe what I'll call this episode. <laughs> cultural touchstones. Anne's cultural touchstones. That could be your podcast. Great. I'll make a podcast in the name of that. You'd be like, when I was born, blah, blah, blah. the first thing that happened was um, a doctor spanked me without my consent. That was my first cultural touchstone. <laughs> Because I, well, I don't remember it, but... You don't remember it. No one remembers it. No one remembers being born. No one remembers being born. I remember my brother being born. No, you... Oh, okay, maybe. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny, actually, because it my, it's my first big memory, because I was two and a half, mm-hmm. and he had a big birthmark on his knee. And so they like have the baby on this thing, and I'm too little to see, so my dad picks me up so I can see the baby from above. And I see this birthmark on his knee. And I go, Dad, something's wrong with the baby. You have to send him back. <laughs> you have to send him back. <laughs> and what is that? What a baby thing and to say. And my dad says, oh, it's a birthmark. You have one. And I said, I do not have a birthmark. And I was <laughs> furious. Bite your tongue, Dad. <laughs> and then my, I see my mom. And I'm like, Mom, do I have a birthmark? And she goes, yes. And she taps me right on my back where it was. And she goes, it's right there. And move on like. No big deal to her. She's not upset about it. And that was the first <laughs> moment I realized that my parents knew more about me than I knew about me. Oh, my God. Which I think has what stayed with me too What a good cultural milestone. Much. I'm serious. I'm going to help you make a podcast now. Perfect. Um, I've but, been trying to plan one. But so. what about your movies? Oh, yeah. The movies. Um, Before Sunrise. 
Never seen it. Never you even should, heard of it. What's really? Before Sunrise? Have you heard it's of it? It's a Linklater movie. Mm-hmm. There's three of them. Which Linklater? Yes. Richard Linklater. Oh, I was like Hamish? No. <laughs> no, no. No. Um, but there's actually three movies, and they're each filmed 10 years apart. Before Sunrise, did, Sunrise, and did, After Sunrise. Did the last one come, come out like within this past year, or was it last year? Um, no, it's been out for a while, but he, Boyhood is kind of like that, where, okay. or not Boyhood, what's that called? Manhood. Maybe it is called Boyhood. Bro- but the one that was the shot like over 10, yeah, uh, 12 years. Exactly. Yeah. So boyhood. it's a similar idea, same director, but yeah. this one's filmed 10 years apart and the actors are all then 10 years older every time. Yeah. And it's about these two people who meet, um, in Venice mm-hmm. or they're on a train. They meet on a train. They get off I in Venice together. I think it's pronounced together. Venus. Sure. The planet? No. Oh. <laughs> it's not sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to break your heart there. <laughs> are they actually called Before sci-fi. Sunrise, Sunrise, and After Sunrise? It's called Before Sunrise, uh, Sunset. Before Sunset, or After sun- Before Sunset, Stupid. and then I can't remember the name of the last one. Oh. Dark. It's dark now. Something. Yeah. What? But okay, what else? Um. So those three are really like Garden State. Mm-hmm. I've um, seen Garden State. Have you seen Garden State? Mm-hmm. That's the state you're from sure is. are you zach braff right. huh? are you zach braff no am i zach braff no are you my manic pixie dream girl mm, maybe quite possibly am i let's get you a pink wig and find out and then you can help me discover all my inadequacies and fix them and i will grow from the experience I think she's already doing that. But not give anything back. (laughs) I give lots back. Thank you. Oh, no, not that far. I was saying that. I'm a gem. She grows you as a person. Just Just because I don't want to eat face to face doesn't make me (laughs) a monster. He doesn't want to look at me when he eats. I don't want to look at anyone when I eat. Okay, so I noticed that I have a hard time eating in front of people sometimes. I eat, so I've always eaten really slowly, but it's because I like really small bites. And I'm very conscious, especially if it's somebody I don't know well, I'm very conscious of them possibly seeing me eat and being a messy eater. Well, you sure. know this about me. Grace always wants to eat all close when we would teach together. <laughs> and I would, like, go to the other side That's of the room. That's true. Because I didn't yeah. want to eat so close. But she wants to, like, cuddle and eat? No, <laughs> cuddle? Well, the, no, the it wasn't table a cuddle. Was it was just curved. she wanted to eat on the other oh. side of, like, a relatively thin table. And I would always get, like, a chicken, like, Parmesan sandwich or something. Yeah. Which it's is not a, not a delicately eaten meal sure right it's a uh and so i didn't want to do that like a foot away from someone else's face <laughs> and apparently that makes me a monster i don't know i'm fucking i'm salty today this might be the saltiest i've been since we started the podcast i'm so tired i have a seven show weekend coming up i'm gonna do two shows at the botanical garden then three shows of drunk shakespeare then two more shows at the botanical garden over the course of saturday and sunday and i'm i'm undergoing my own cultural milestones right now in that I gave away one of my jobs, uh, which feels great, and I'm in the process of giving away another job, hopefully to Anne, which will feel great, and I just, I need an assistant again, like nobody's fucking business. Um, What was that sound? Is someone playing music? There's people out in the hallway. Playing music? Yeah. It's... It's oh, that was the other that was the other one. It was a different baby. There was a baby downstairs, and there was some really loud music, and it would sort of alternate between like uh, Latin dance music and like proper rock and roll. Yeah. And I went downstairs, and I was just like, "It's so loud!" And it was so loud because the door was open. Yeah. So course. I felt entitled to be like, "Excuse me, very loud yeah. it is." And they were like, "Oh, it's a happy birthday for the baby." 
Oh, okay, everyone has a Russian accent. I don't know what I don't know what people are who live in this building. I don't like to assume. I just do a a pitch perfect uh, recreation of how they. Sp- that's exactly how they sounded. They went, "Oh no, it's a happy birthday for the baby." <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. It's so funny. That's what they said. You know what I really gets me? You get, you get that look in your eye where it's like, that's not what they said. <laughs> that's not what that look means. That look means I see you not thinking that's what they said, but that's what they said. They said, he's happy birthday for the baby. Have you ever been on the subway? And nope. there's a little kid. No, I've been on the subway. And I parents give them the phone and that stupid baby shark song plays on repeat and everyone plays it out loud. Give your kids some headphones. I don't care if it's going to hurt their eardrums. Yes, I know it's going to because do. I did linguistics in college and they're like, don't wear headphones. Oh, but Really? For everybody? I mean, yeah. Most people play their music too loud on your headphones mm. and it's hurting your eardrums. I'm wearing headphones right now and all I hear is Anne and Megan and me. Complaining about babies. Babies are <laughs> bad. Babies are the worst. They smell and they fall down and they can't get a job. And, and he can't wait to have one. I want That's one I so bad. <laughs> I love babies. Well, that's the thing. My baby won't be. And that's the big difference is my baby versus their babies. Because uh-huh. my baby is perfect. will be articulate and graceful and uh, quick to learn, right? There will be like a day. You have a lot of expectations yeah. for a very small human. That, that little baby is going to be one cute little poop factory. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, I thought there was more. <laughs> that, no, that's, that's it. That's, that's all that's I can it. really assume. They're going right to be now. one cute little poop factory. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell the news that we're expecting? <laughs> expecting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> expecting to get a dog in April. <laughs> if we move out of this. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're adults. Woo! Um, how's your plum wine? It's very good. Thank you. How's your ability to answer this next question? Let's find out. Do you have any advice for the uh, people? Because what we haven't talked about a lot is you're an actor. Yes. And an educator. Mm, yes. Oh, there was a pause there. I mean, I, I suppose so, yes. You teach. Yes. And you know a I lot do. about linguistics, and I wish we'd talked about that. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Um, so either like two actors and teaching artists or just to maybe, maybe, maybe advice to people in New York. Give some fresh Fresh New York advice. If you're not from New York or if you're not moving to New York, then just hang out for a sec. We'll be right back. Um, I don't know that I have very clear advice. Hmm. But I think, especially if you move to a place like New York, or if you move anywhere, I think you have to find yourself communities. And I think I ended up finding for that for myself in a way that I hadn't before. Mm. Um, Cause I grew up very religious. So then it was like, every time I moved somewhere, I would just like find a church group and right. like that would be friends. And when I moved to New York, I just didn't have the same desire to do that anymore. Mm. I think I felt a little just downtrodden. I had some kind of repeatedly like negative experiences with groups like that in college and just a lot of like tension with those friends. And then moving here, I just didn't have the desire to to find that in that same way. Or even when I did, it just wasn't the same. It didn't give me the same type of fulfillment or friendship that I had found. And I think a lot of that is because through college, I studied abroad twice. And so finding those groups, it's really just a group of international students who just need friends. Sure. And 
you might share some similar like backgrounds and like cultural touchstones from having grown up religious, but really it was just a bunch of like really nice people who wanted to go do fun things together and experience things together. Yeah. And so it just wasn't the same when you're moving somewhere to live rather than you're moving to a place to experience it and learn new yeah, things. Yeah, it's, it's got a sort of permanency that makes you yeah. react differently. I was thinking about that sort of uh, mentality today where if I go into a situation knowing it's going to be temporary, I will almost certainly do a worse job at it than if I am doing something that's like for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find your community? Who's your community now? Um, I think a lot of it was has weirdly been through work which mm. has, to me, always had, I felt like that was a bad thing, I think, because it felt like, oh, we're just works, like, we're friends by happenstance, yeah, by not proximity. by actual interest. But mm. the thing is, is when you're doing the things you love, when you're acting, when you're teaching theater, when you're doing those things, you're in proximity with people that share the same things that you love. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to be friends. And that's not a bad thing that you met through work. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a weird mentality I had. And I think it's because I grew up a lot around a lot of people who work for work's sake. Sure. And not work because they love something. Aw. That's a lot of that's a lot of big shifts, you know, in the last two years. Yeah. 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 It's been it's been a lot. And in a deep place. I wanna have Ann back yeah. on and like what th- what is it? November? Come back in season two and let's check back in. <laughs> I'm really curious about a lot of stuff that's going on. I mean, I don't know. You don't wanna? I don't know. I just don't think I'm that interesting. Oh, sh- but that's because shush. I live in me, so I know all of these things already. And I think I'm you're super interesting. You. I mean, there just 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 hearing it, like <laughs> uh, you know, not being there for every moment of your life and just hearing this stuff and that the fact that you've only been here for two years at, and you know you saying how you used to think or the the way you were brought up to think, mm-hmm. you know. Those are huge it, shifts. It, I've lived here six years, and it took me that long to get into therapy. Like the fact that you're doing that is is awesome, and like is naturally going to lead to self discovery and and all the things that are so interesting about this podcast. Right? The, the fucking the you were the first person that reached out to me to be like, this episode of the podcast I really connected to it, and I was like, oh shit, what? Why are people connecting <laughs> to the podcast? It's stupid and dumb. Um, so like, no, there's a lot of stuff I want to return to. So don't go anywhere. Ta-da. This is part one of the right. Anne Whitaker saga. And with an E. Yes. <laughs> um, so here's what's going to happen. Oh, I have to talk about stuff. That's what's going to happen. Hold on. I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to rustle some papers. All right. Cause I got to get out my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, uh, so, Dress for the Podcast You Want is my big, beautiful upstairs baby. And you can learn more about it online at www.dressforthepodcast.com, which we're going to redo the website soon. But it's got that. It's got a Facebook. It's got an Instagram. All those things are very findable. I think the only one that's weird to find is Twitter is at Dress for the Pod because that you can't have enough letters, sure. which is dumb. But Dress for the Podcast, I also want to thank... Uh, Dimly Wit Productions for having us as a part of their network. This will be the second episode that's on the Dimly Wit Network, and I'm really excited about that. Um, you can go to www.dimlywit.com to learn more about them, uh, to listen to uh, um, uh, the Halloween episode of of um, Standby. 
I wow, Alan, I'm sorry. It took me a long time to remember the name. But in the Halloween episode, Megan and I do an interview, and it's great. And there's a sketch comedy, and it's great. And and ooh, ooh, it's good. Um, like I said earlier, we got a Patreon now, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash dress for the podcast. Thanks again to Laura St. Pierre, our current um sole benefactor. <laughs> <laughs> but every bit counts because podcasting is expensive. Yes. Both in terms of getting stuff and my time and my sanity, which is currently at 12%, which means I'm going to start talking in tongues. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Anything else you want to say? No, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Anne. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Uh, thank you. Thanks, David. You're welcome. Where's the stop button? There it is.